When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Hey everyone, thanks for hanging out. It's First and Pod, 1ST Ampersand Pod for those who know the drill. I'm Danny Parkins, he's Andrew Filipponi, every game, every team, every week. If you're hearing this on a radio station, we are a podcast. If you're hearing this on a podcast, we appreciate you. If you're hearing this anywhere, please tell a friend and give us a five-star review. We are coming at you before the end of Chargers Raiders because right now it is 42-0 and this game is a, a bloodbath. I suppose Aiden O'Connell is happy, uh, Pony, but man, am I was I wrong about Brandon Staley? Like I was big wrong about him. It would not shock me at all if he was fired uh, by the time people are listening to this on Friday morning. I'm going through Twitter to see. I don't have that like pro fo- pro football reference like uh, premium account where you can sort things and get stats like a lot of people in the media do. I don't know if you're one of those guys that pays yeah. for that. But when was the last time we had a game that was this bad at halftime? What was the score of the Dolphins and uh, Broncos game at halftime this year? I'm looking that up right now. Uh, to see oh, the 70 game? Than this, yes. Um, that game was... That game was 28. That was 42 to 13 at halftime. Or no, 35 to 13. So this is even worse than that, Danny. I mean, should there be a slaughter rule in the NFL? Like youth, like youth sports? Just no, because because we've had gambling. We've had we've had Colts, yeah. Absolutely that number one. We've had Colts Chiefs. We've had um, I was at that game. Yeah. That was Andrew, one of the craziest Andrew things I've ever games. seen. Uh, yeah, had, d- d- down down 38 to 10, and they came back. Oilers, Bills. So, no, I don't want that. But it's just 
I mean, they were a three-point underdog in this game, the Chargers. So Vegas thought that this was going to be a competitive game between two teams that are not very good. The Raiders got shut out last week. And they've got 42 in the first half against a defensive head coach. I know Bose is not playing, but you still have Khalil Mack, who had six sacks the last time these two teams played. Staley has gone from the progressive-minded coach that was the analytics darling's best friend to the worst coach who's working in the NFL at the moment. He will be gone, and we'll see if the Spanos family for the first time wants to go out since Marty Schottenheimer and pay a lot of money for a big-time coach or if they try to go the young offensive coach route, which I could see them doing too, hiring somebody. I I think that's the right route who is the offensive equivalent of Brandon Staley, a guy in his 30s who is a first-time head coach. I mean, that's what I would want if I was a Chargers fan. Would Lincoln Riley leave USC to coach the Chargers? That's not what I – dude, I, if I'm hiring a head coach, I want the best offensive mind I can get with NFL experience. But how would you grade that hire? I mean, at least he's offensive, but I'd be worried about the jump to the league. Like, to me, man, if if Justin Herbert is available to be the coach, to be the coach of Justin Herbert, like, yeah, you got to go through Mahomes, but they're a top two job that's going to become available this offseason. I mean, the Bears job is maybe better if you like Caleb more than Herbert and the and the Bears supporting cast and, like, the tradition and the city and the history and the fan base. But it's L.A., so that's pretty awesome. Not a ton of local pressure. Uh, and you get a top 10, borderline top five quarterback in the NFL in his prime. So I think they would be insane to hire a defensive head coach. I think they'd be insane to hire a college coach. To me, that is an obvious. Well, you're putting Jim Harbaugh in the college coach bucket. No, he's got NFL experience. I mean, you know, because um, I like that more than I like Belichick for them. Oh, me too. Me too. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like Ben Johnson's your first call. Uh, See, I'd rather have Harbaugh than Johnson. I'd rather have Johnson than Harbaugh, even with the way Jared Goff's looked the last month. Yeah, I still think he's overachieved. Okay, with what with what they've done overall, and this is just a Harbaugh's won everywhere he's gone, but he's crazy. So the candle burns fast, and it's been a decade since he's been in the league. Whereas Ben Johnson is calling plays for a successful offense in the NFL right now. So I've got no concern that he can get it done in the modern NFL. I assume Harbaugh can, but it has been a decade. I know that Ben Johnson can, but the questions with him would be, can he be a head coach? But this is enough on these teams. Let's get to the games. Cowboys and Bills is our game of the week this week. Uh, if both teams made the playoffs, who would you believe in more? Bills. Okay. I figured the Bills, way you, Bills, so, so I figured the way you Bills. asked this question, because I know you, you're a bit of a contrarian. I figured you were prepared to have the non-conventional answer. How do you make that argument? Uh, easily. I think with the two schedules, the Bills are favored in this game. And the Cowboys have to go to Miami next week. I think they're going to lose both games. Even with Philly's uh, downfall here or slide, the Eagles are still going to win the division, in my opinion. They finish with the same record. The Eagles are going to win the division. So that would put Dallas on the road. 
Yeah, it would be against the NFC South in the first game, more than likely. But look at the contrast in the splits in what the Cowboys do in Dallas versus what they do on the road. They are 3-3 three and three on the road this year, and their point differential is plus 17. I think by the end of the season, they're going to have lost five games on the road. Con- compare that to Buffalo, gone to Philadelphia, almost won that game, went to Kansas City, and won. They've proven to me that they can take their team on the road and play more competitively than the Cowboys. And by the way, they're going to have been in a playoff mindset for more than a month. And an AFC where, I'm sorry, I don't really bank on any of those teams right now. There's not a team that I love, Baltimore the most, but not enough for me to say that they're like the San Francisco of the AFC, you know, where they're just head and shoulders better. So, yeah, if the Bills get in, I like their chances better than Dallas's for sure. Dallas to win the Super Bowl right now is eight and a half to one. Buffalo is 18 to one. Yeah, that's because... That's because of where that's because of the Bills record and because Well, that's if, a good reason. No, but that, but I but that that's not taking into account if both teams made the playoffs. Well, right, but like, I feel I feel like your analysis here is saying, well, the Bills are going to win this game and Dallas is going to lose the next one. Like the Bills absolutely could lose. Uh, this my game. analysis is if both teams are in, uh who has a better chance and the Cowboys would have to go through San Francisco. And, the and Bills I think they're don't drawing have that in that spot. I agree with right. that. Right, and the Bills don't have a team in front of them like that. And by the way, I know that this line says that on a neutral field, Dallas would be favored over Buffalo. But guess what? There's not a team in the AFC that would be on a neutral field because we just saw what the line was for Chiefs and Bills last week. And Vegas told us if those two teams played on a neutral field, the Bills would have been favored in that game. It was less than three at Arrowhead. That's how good the odds makers think they are. And I agree with them on that. Do you think they're better than Baltimore? I think they can be. Well, well, yeah. I, mean, the, I think they're, they're, let me put it this way. They're closer to Baltimore than the Cowboys are to the 49ers. I agree with that because Baltimore's not as good as the 49ers. Right. Like, I think that's more of a Baltimore point and a San Francisco point than it is a, than it is a Buffalo one. Listen, the truth is, is that the AFC playoffs is going to be a series of coin flips. But you've also seemed to have glossed over how the Cowboys have not proven to be a good team on the road yet this year, including losing a game to Arizona handily. That is the aberration in their schedule this year. I don't know, man. Like I, I tend to believe the home road numbers more in the in like the the aggregate in the macro than the micro. Like the Browns' defense is the best in the NFL at home. But then you look at it and it's like, okay, it's six games and they got Arizona without Kyler Murray and they got the Steelers and it's they beat San Francisco, but that was in week five. It's not that big of a sample size. When you look at the road, the home road splits for like home field advantage, it matters less than it's ever mattered before in the history of the of football the last few years. Like home field advantage is decreasing overall. So the Bills have lost one game by by more than a touchdown in three years. And it was to Indianapolis when Jonathan Taylor went wild for like four touchdowns and 200 yards. They play every good team close. I can't well, believe I'm making the argument for the Bills when I hated this team at the beginning of the yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so now they're like the second best team in the NFL. But before the year, you thought they were on fraud alert. What is going on here? What have they, what have they shown you? 
that suggest that suggests that they're a consistent team that I, you can know I, what they're going to be week in and week out. I'm, I'm a Josh I'm, Allen guy on this show. I love the offensive coordinator move, and I've loved the way they played the last two weeks. And in, in uh, tough places to win against the last. But what are we going to do Sunday night when they school. lose this game? Uh, then I will eat crow, but I'm telling you, they're not going to lose. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I can't listen. I can't argue with that logic then. Uh, Ravens and Jags out of curiosity for Danny Parkins. What's your middle name, by the way, Jacob for Danny Jacob Parkins. Yes, sir. Tell me why Lamar isn't talked about for MVP. Well, he's the third favorite and there's a big gap between him at three and Jalen Hurts at four. Uh, Purdy and Dak Prescott are in a, a virtual dead heat uh, at, atop the ranks. The numbers are good, but not great. That I mean, that that's what it is. The number the numbers are efficient, but the numbers are not overwhelming for Lamar Jackson. And Brock Purdy is on a team that is going to be the one seed going away. Baltimore could be the one seed, but that is, but but San Francisco has a much cleaner path to the one seed than Baltimore does. And I think that it's that simple, quite frankly. But Lamar has been remarkable. And I think, and I get mocked sometimes on the radio show for the eye test, because like I am a analytics numbers proponent, but I'm also a sicko who watches all these stupid games. To me, Lamar's eye test has been better than his numbers this year. He looks incredible. Some of the plays, like the individual plays he makes, He's elevating guys around him. He survived the Mark Andrews injury. Zay Flowers is good, but he's not great. Odell Beckham is good, but he's not nearly in his prime. And he is performing and winning games. So I I think Lamar is a better player than Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. Right. And he's going to have more passing yards this year than he did in his MVP season. He's yeah, go but the for... touchdown, I mean, dude, the, the, he had 36 touchdowns against six picks in his MVP season. Okay. He led the league in passing touchdowns that year. I get all that. Um, well, that's what, that's what it is, right? Like it's, those numbers are not as productive. Okay. But MVP and usually it goes to a quarterback on either the team with the best record in the AFC or the team with the best record in the NFC. There's Adrian Peterson in there in 2012. And then with rare exception, do they, do the voters do anything else? Did your team have a great record? Are you a quarterback? You're in 14 wins, 13 wins. That's what put, they they treat quarterback wins like they're a big deal. But then and then ask yourself the question that you just it, did. It, it's just it's just sixteen touchdowns, man. It's it's it, he's seventeenth in the NFL in touchdowns, and he's only got five rushing touchdowns. So it's twenty one combined touchdowns. That's just not enough. But you just said, I agree with you. Okay, but one more thing, he is clearly the best player in their offense. And it's yes. not even close. Right. And CD Lamb San is better Francisco, than Dak Prescott. Exactly. And in yes. San Francisco, you have McCaffrey and maybe Debo Samuel and maybe the left tackle. I mean, it like if you take the valuable part of the award on its face, he is by far more valuable than the other two guys are. And his team's record is going to be probably the same as those two teams. I so are you I mean but you know that human beings vote for this award. 
Do and I'm think- telling you how they usually do it. They usually look at the team's record. But I think I he's mean, got a shot, man. I think he's got a shot and he's just sleeping or he's if they go to San Francisco and win on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whenever that game is next week, you think people are going to give a rat's ass about 16 touchdowns and in in six picks if he wins that game? Well, I mean, if he wins that game, that would help him. But Brock Purdy's got 600 more passing yards and 25 passing touchdowns compared to 17. Like and, but you also have you also have voters who think if he played for my team or your team that he would be a league average quarterback. No one uh, would say that about I, Lamar Jackson. And, and I tend to agree. Yeah, uh, with with that. And dude, like I said off the top. Lamar is better than Dak, and he's better than Purdy. I agree with you. And my eyes have been – this is the most – he seems better this year than he was in his MVP season in terms of, like, play, like raw playmaking ability. But I don't think he's – I don't think the counting stats are there. I don't I don't think you could be a middle-of-the-pack statistical quarterback uh, and, and, and win that award, given some of the crazy statistical seasons we've seen recently. Sorry, I lost my rundown. Eagles and Seahawks, that got flexed to Monday. Eagles stock right now. Your family's into stocks. Yes. Would you buy or sell it? Thank you. Um, Well, I think it's still a sale because, like, win the division, buy. Win a playoff game, buy. But those two things are still fall short of preseason expectations, right? Preseason expectations was win a Super Bowl, win the NFC again. And I don't think they're going to do either of those things. So I think in that scenario, like, will they fall short of preseason expectations? The answer is yes. And therefore, that means they're a sale. Uh, I think they are definitely a sell, even though you know you buy stock when it's low, et cetera. You don't want to you don't want to sell it when it's at its low point. Blah blah blah. I think it's going to get at the end worse. Yeah, well, um, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I yeah, well, I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. I think they're going to be the two seed a, in the end. I think they're going to lose to the seven seed. Right depends now, depends who it is. I think they'd beat the Packers. Uh. You might think that, but given the way their defense has performed and the way Green Bay's offense has progressed, they could easily go in there and drop 30 on them. I think, they beat, I think they game. beat the Packers. Like, to, to me, the Rams are a worse matchup for Philly than, than the Packers are. I think both teams are. I, I, I mean, I think they need to pray that they get Minnesota in that game. Um I think they could I think they're going to lose this game on Monday night and I think if Seattle came to them and they were healthy with their wide receivers they could beat them in Philly. So, don't you? Oh, uh, well, yeah, man, listen, we've been talking about Philly's defense for 8 weeks now. So, I I do I do think that they are I think that they are vulnerable to a shootout and Hurts is good obviously and a gamer and tough as hell. But are they going to be able to win three NFC playoff games in a row, scoring 35 or more? I'd bet against it. So you would definitely bet the under on playoff wins for Philly one and a half. Yeah. What if I just set it at a half? I'd take the over. Because I think they beat Green Bay or Minnesota. 
and I think they obviously could beat the Rams. Uh, but I think I think the Rams are the toughest matchup for them because of the two excellent receivers, which the other teams have won. I mean, I guess Minnesota has two, but they don't have a good enough quarterback. I, I think the Rams are a uniquely difficult seven seed for Philly. If if it is Seattle has three good receivers, maybe and two great ones. What'd you say? Seattle has two great receivers and a third one that's not bad. Yeah, Seattle would be a tough match. Yeah, well, this is gonna be this is gonna be a high scoring game. This is going to be a very, very high-scoring game this Sunday. Um, as we move forward here, good sir. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm do you need me it. to do this one too, dude? I'm paying attention. Okay, I got a lot going on. The Saturday slate. We got three games on Saturday. How many playoff teams are playing that day? And name them. So the games are Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, Broncos, Lions. Four. What's your number? And then I'll give you the teams. You think there's four playoff teams there? Yes. Well, so every team playing Saturday right now has a winning record. Yep. Um. All right. So Detroit is a playoff team. Ugh. These teams all suck. Minnesota's probably a playoff team. Two. Indy is a playoff team, and Pittsburgh is a playoff team right now. Okay. I'm not asking right now. I'm asking. No, I know. I'm just just, just for the audience. Denver and Cincy are on the outside looking in. Indy and Pittsburgh are, are in it right now. I guess I would say three of the teams. And Do you think Detroit. your team's making the playoffs? Well, let me get your list first. Detroit, Minnesota, Detroit, and... Mi- Detroit, Minnesota, and Indy would be my playoff teams okay. of this group. Detroit, Minnesota, Denver, Pittsburgh. I don't think Denver's losing another game. I think Denver's going to win the AFC West. And and Kansas City's run a seven straight. I think I think Kansas City's going to find a way to lose one more game. It might even be in New England on Sunday. I I would be I would I would be very surprised if Denver lost to Detroit. I don't understand the line in that game. It scares me. It's it's my bet of the year. I love Denver. It's teacher versus student. Peyton against Campbell. Campbell owes his entire coaching career. To Peyton, I think there's a little bit of a intimidation factor there, or he tries to do too much. I just don't like the interpersonal uh, uh, dynamic there between the two from a Detroit perspective. Their defense stinks. Jared Goff is turning the ball over. What is it now? Is it? I think it's like five times in the la- uh, six times in the last four games. You had the fumbles. It's even more. I mean, he's been so erratic. Denver's defense has been phenomenal. Wilson looks good. I just, I, I like them a lot. I, I'm matchup. surprised. What do you, I mean, you must have Pittsburgh winning in Indy then this I week. I do. Because, I mean, Indy's schedule is Pittsburgh at Atlanta, Vegas, and Houston, three of the four games at home. They already beat Houston once this year on the road. This would be Indy uh, in, in Indianapolis. Like, very, very favorable schedule for the Colts down the stretch. Yeah, they don't have a good and, defense in every game, even though we like Minshew. 
every game with him is a toss-up at best because he can play like a backup quarterback like he did last week in Cincinnati. Yeah, he was, he was bad in Cincinnati, but they had won four straight before that. But yeah, okay. And their defense is, other than sacking the quarterback, is really one of the worst in the entire NFL. The Steelers haven't lost in Indianapolis since 08. They have a mastery. That is meaningless. What, what 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 do you mean? They they've won they they have not lost to them straight up since 08. They always beat them. They beat them last year. They always beat this team. What do you mean it's meaningless? That is, it's not different coach, different quarterback, okay. different person. Like Mitch Trubisky has something to do with that stat. You've said you're the guy that comes out here and says, "Well, you know, Kansas." You know, I'm not going to pick against Kansas City until I see them lose a game like this. You throw out stuff like but that it's the all the same time. Now, coaching quarterback. Well, the coach is the same for the Steelers. You all you do is tell me that he stinks. Well, I'm talking I, about I, Andy Reid. I'm telling you, he does. I'm telling you, he has a. Oh, that when he sees the horseshoe in the blue and white, he's got genius. Okay, I guess so. For the most part, yeah. Uh, oh, that's it. That is a. That is correlation not causation my friend you never think to yourself in sports there are just certain teams like why do speaking of the Colts why do they always go to Jacksonville and lose regardless but what, but what what is the 2011 Steelers beating the 2011 Colts have to do with this I'm game? just saying it's a mindset that's been you know when when a locker room is used to guys shuffle in and out but when literally no one, one on the team, team was there but they've played almost every year since. I'm not bringing up a game from 08. I'm saying the game since that year, they've won every single one. Completely meaningless. Wow. Yeah, completely yeah. meaningless. Could not could not have less relevance in this game. So you never cite stats like the Bears have lost X never. consecutive games to the Packers. You never think like that. That well, never the, comes well, out the, of your that, mouth. That, that is a different thing. No, it's Prince not because Jordan Love's different from Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Right. And no, no, no. Right. And I, I would not that, but to me, that's for like the fans. Like, what are we? We don't work for these teams. What the hell are we, Danny? You're saying it's going to have like mindset in a locker room. I'm saying I'm used to watching the Steelers beat the Colts. They always do it. And I think they're going to do it again. I've watched them win like nine straight against them. For whatever reason, when they play the Colts, they find a way to win the game. I don't know why that's such, such an asinine point in your opinion. It means nothing is what it means. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Jets and Dolphins. Thank you. Did the Hill injury expose Tua? Uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised by the number of people in the national sports media who made the correct point, which was that it bolstered Tyreek Hill's MVP case and his odds did improve for MVP. Because when he played, they moved the ball right down the field. When they didn't, they suffered. But I remember doing this show with you after a game where Skylar Thompson quarterbacked the Dolphins when Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill were out there and they did not look like a great offense. So I don't look at it as that it exposed Tua. It maybe showed that Tua by himself is not Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Like I, I but I never thought that he was. He is an accurate quarterback who, with a track team around him, puts the ball in the perfect place to maximize the yards after the catch. And he executes that offense to borderline perfection. So, yeah, breaking news. Tua is worse than he does when he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. I thought what that showed was that Tyreek Hill is the best player on the uh, on the team by far, if anyone was doubting it. And Tyreek Hill is better at his job than Tua is at his. But Tua is still a good quarterback. He's still a starting caliber quarterback. He's just worse off without Tyreek Hill. Every quarterback in the NFL would be, except for Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I'm just, I guess the reason why I'm, I think expose is the right word is because you just said it, I think, like in a very nuanced way, like what happens with and without these players. But if you watched the game, and I know you did, the extent to which their offense ceased to function without Hill is jarring. And I know it's in-game. They didn't have time to prepare for it. And all That's, that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. But it just, it's, it's striking. They, they, there was no plan B. There was no, okay, this guy's out. We still have Jalen Waddell, who's a top 15 wide receiver. This coach is known as a master schemer. We've got the fastest running backs in the NFL. It sucks, but we're playing the Tennessee Titans. It didn't look that way at all. It comp- it neutered them completely, and it turned the game into more of a fair fight. I mean, it just, I, as a guy that for the most part is a pretty pro to a uh, opinion maker, it is something that I'm going to have a hard time, like, shaking or forgetting about like he looked like a quarterback that's closer to a top you know somewhere between 15 and 20 than 5 and 10 
without him. And you can give me small sample size all you want, but he just, he looked rattled to me without Tyreek in the game. He was, he, he, he undeniably was next game. I love this question by you. Niners and Cardinals. When is the next time the Niners are going to play a one score game? NFC Championship game. To Philly? Well, I don't think it's going to be on the road. I think it's going to be in Santa Clara. I said to Philly. Oh, to Philly. I thought you said in Philly. My bad. Uh, To Philly? Man, that makes me think. Well, what am I talking about? If it's the Cowboys, they just, they blew them out in San Francisco. Right. And I don't know how Detroit's defense would stop them once. Can I change my answer already to Super Bowl? Yeah, you can change it to whatever you want. So, I mean, so this week it's Arizona. They're a 12 and a half point favorite. Then it's Baltimore at home on Monday Night Football, which I think a lot of people would say that would be the game. Uh, Then it's in Washington. And then it's home against the Rams week 18, which is going to be my answer. Because they're not going to need the game? Correct. Okay, that's a loophole, but I... So if you leave, but, 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 I, but I do think that they will play guys because they're going to have a first round buy and they don't want to take two full weeks off. I think that they're going to play guys for like a half. Okay. Well then don't try to weasel your way out of this. The next time the 49ers play to win a game, when will it be close? I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Dude, I've been saying it all year. I know, man, but I just wanted to pin you down and like have you come out and actually articulate it. You think they're going to basically coast to a Super Bowl championship? I do. I, you know you just cursed them, right? I mean, I listen, I get nothing right. So, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, Whatever happened to your against the spread record? It was so incredible at the start of the year. It is have still you- really good. It's still okay. really good. I'm, I'm, I'm making, I've made money on the NFL this year. I'm having a, I'm having a very good season. But you started um, undefeated for several weeks, and for I whatever reason, it did, and not, against the spread to start. did not get a lot of publicity in the national press, which hey, listen, I was I'm, surprised it's by. Very upsetting, and I should still be alive with thirteen other people in Circus Survivor. But you know, I should listen. I should be a millionaire off of this season, and instead, <laughs> I've made a few thousand bucks, and I'm talking to you twice a week. So. That's how my life. Well, I know how you like to live. I don't think a million dollars would cause you to shut it down and not do stuff like this anymore. I didn't say it would shut it down, but I mean, I'd take a few more shows off. Let's put it that way. Uh, Yeah, no, a million bucks. My burn rate's way too high to retire on that. Um, Yeah, man, I think they're much better than everyone else. And and I know this is more of like a, a way that you talk about it, but I think they're pissed about last year. You know what I mean? I think I think that like when healthy, they have been trying to remember the Titans, run it up, Herman, leave no doubt. Like, just it's kind of amazing that they don't have a Super Bowl in this. I mean, they've won double digit games three of the last four years. Injuries and quarterback ceilings would be I, my answer to that. I I know, and and running into Mahomes in a Super Bowl, like I I I know what's happened, but. It's just kind of amazing because they've been the it's them and the Chiefs that have been the best team in the NFL for the last five years. And then it's a distant, you know, the Eagles are there, obviously, but 
even without a Super Bowl, I think that the Niners just and again, it's an eye test thing, and it's a they were injured last year in the NFC Championship game. But yeah, I I think that they are going to win every game the rest of the way by double digits. All right, ask me the next one so I can ask you the one after that. That's a good way to do it. Uh, Chiefs and Patriots. What'd you make of this week's discussion about the Tony penalty? Made me wonder if people just take certain sides of arguments because they like to have two-way back and forth conversation. I'm just stunned since we talked Sunday night how many educated people who I thought were pretty reasonable, uh, thoughtful opinion makers have tried to argue against the Tony play and the amount of whataboutism that has gone on over it is to me mind numbing. Like people pulling up other uh, like moments in games where guys lined up offside offensively, but it wasn't called. Like that would be like if a holding penalty on a left tackle cost a team a, a touchdown late in a game and it was called and then everybody went to Twitter to find egregious missed holding penalties to justify the refs letting the play go at the end of the game. It's just what it like. It reminds me. I, I obviously cover hockey a lot more than you do, Danny. Although you do, you do the Blackhawks there, and they have won a fair amount of Stanley Cups in the last fifteen years. Although not a lot lately. It's like when hockey fans say, just in a playoff game, don't call a penalty in the third period and let the players decide the game. There's just been way too much, in my opinion, way too much of that over the last few days. I agree with you. We saw it coming. I told you Sunday night that we were already seeing it from some analysts in the immediate aftermath. So I'm not as surprised as you. I think part of it is the messengers. Like Mahomes is the darling of the NFL deservingly. You know, like I thought that, Bill Simmons saying he lost some respect for Mahomes was kind of silly. Like, dude, you root for Bill Belichick, you know, come on. Like you've, se- you've seen some stuff. You So I just, I think people went so hard in the sports take industrial complex because it was a national television game. It's Mahomes. It's Reed. It's complaining about the refs. It's an all time highlight. It's Travis Kelsey, who's dating Taylor Swift. Like, it was just peak engagement mining to have, to try to outtake everybody else on it. When the correct take is, it was a penalty. He called it. He didn't know what the play was going to ultimately end up being. Of course, we wish the play would have happened because it was an awesome play. It didn't. Line up sides, Tony, you blew it. And then the Chiefs were petulant whiners afterwards. And then they immediately apologized the next day because they mm-hmm. realized that they got caught up in the moment. Like that's, that's what happened. Do I, I, I still wish the penalty wasn't called. I still do. I agree with that. I think that's, a I reasonable- disagree with you on that for a, for a key reason about like the, re- the drama, the rest of the football season, having the bills relevant, I think makes the NFL more interesting over the next few weeks. And if the oh, bills had lost fine. that I- game, They'd be out of it. Have you ever seen a play like that in the, in your 30 years of watching football that you can remember? No. Okay. Well then that's more important than the bills being relevant for four weeks. Like I just, I I wish that play counted. That was an insane play. So 
just as a, as a pure sports fan, I wish that play would have counted and the call wouldn't have been made, but it was it was the correct call to make. Ask All right, Bear, Bears and Browns, how are the vibes in Chicago right now? Dude, we are heading to a sports civil war in Chicago. Charles Robinson today put out a long article where he talked to seven NFL general managers anonymously. And seven out of seven said they would trade Justin Fields, they would draft Caleb Williams, and they all gave Charles Robinson what they would give up. And none of them were a first-round pick. Some were second, some were third in a late-round pick. They were all It was all fairly similar, the compensation. And the responses to that article are just overwhelming from Justin Fields supporters. Irate. Who you used and you used to call yourself one of them, but I I am one of them. Not anymore. Not if you don't agree with them on this. You've, you've I don't, lost dude, your the, the okay. The Cubs your fired cabinet David. role in that in that fan club is gone. You're dude, done. It, it, it is gone, and people are turning on me. This is very weird. Like the Cubs fired David Ross, a good manager, to hire Craig Council, a perceived great manager. Yeah. Justin Fields is a starting NFL quarterback. Caleb Williams has a chance to be great. Justin Fields maybe could be great, maybe, but he still runs a lot. He still takes too many sacks. He's, you know what I mean? It's, it's There's a risk there. I think you have to take the shot at greatness if you want a shot at winning for a decade consistently in the NFL. So I will always shoot for greatness at that position because there is no modern NFL team that has been carried by a defense to a dynasty. It just doesn't happen. And I want a dynasty. So I'm like, if the bears had the fourth and the seventh pick build around Justin Fields, they're going to get the first pick. So you got to take a shot at greatness. And Oh yeah, by the way, I don't think Ryan Poles or anybody would be the guy who had passed on CJ Stroud and Caleb Williams for a guy who's not a sure thing. So like, I'm just preparing myself for that inevitability. But Caleb Williams is going to be walking into a, a fan base that at least partially is not excited about him, that watched him play the worst game of his life against Notre Dame. Some people hate him for painting his nails and crying to his mom after he lost the game and like yeah. weird things that have like Caleb Williams has become like politicized on the internet. It's very strange. And Justin Fields, an 11 out of 10 leader, he is improving. He's beloved in the locker room. So there's going to be dudes in that locker room yeah. that are pissed that they trade fields for Caleb. It's a very tough spot, man. Honestly, and I know I'm biased from being here. Other than like teams that can win the Super Bowl, to me, it's the most interesting story in the NFL. I don't disagree with you on that. And I'm living vicariously through you in a lot of ways with this. I like what Robert Mays of The Athletic said. Who's a Bears fan. He's great. Justin Fields to the Steelers. Greg Roman is their offensive coordinator next year. I would take that in a effing heartbeat. If they yeah. did that, I mean, if Tomlin had the uh, you know foresight and the uh, forward thinking to do that, or if the owner forced him to do that, I think they would win double digit games next year with that. Combination. The only thing is, is that is a short term approach, right? Because the Ravens got rid of Roman to try to yep. open up Lamar as a passer, and you can only do that style of play for so long. But it is, it, it would, you, I agree that they would win 10 games if they did that. I agree. 
Uh, all right, Giants and Saints, what do you want to say about Tommy Cutlets? That New York sports needed this, and I have embraced it. I got into Duck Hodges when he was the Steelers quarterback. I thought it was fun. I think the New York market can be very cynical, and they're hard on athletes, and we saw clearly what's going on with Zach Wilson, how you know, like he got uh, not only within his own locker room, but how the fan base was pretty cruel, and deservingly so because he played so poorly, but we, I think New York gets a reputation, not as being as harsh as Philly, but being really, really tough on athletes. I think this shows the other side of it, that they can get into a cult hero. They can embrace a Jeremy Lin. Yeah. They can get into somebody like Tommy DeVito, even though they know that there's not, you know, it's not a, there's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow here. Uh, they have not, the Giants won a playoff game last year. The Jets have not won one since 2010. So they have been, in football purgatory for so long. So I like that they've like removed their, well, this guy's going to eventually suck hat for a little while to just have fun. I don't think it hurts that he's Italian in a very, uh, in an area. Oh, that's you're going to go out Italian. on that limb and say that it doesn't hurt him to be Italian. Wow. That's really bold of you. Cause that's not a big piece of this. That's story why people come to first and pod to get, uh, to get yeah, enterprising. Wow. It takes like that. Yes. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I agree. It's not hurting him that he's Italian. Um, we had his agent on, Sean Stilato. He was just Oh wow. He went on your show too. I thought he was only I thought he was going media silent. No, Boomer and Geo, K Adams and us. Um if I gave you four, four weeks ago, I said Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito will be AFC and NFC offensive player of the week at any point in the season, much less the same week. And I gave you a thousand to one. Would you have put ten dollars on it? No, I would have said aliens abducted their bodies and <laughs> right, like were able to transform them into competent football players. I would have taken your ten dollars and gone to Chipotle. Like that, that is what one of the all-time crazy come-ups uh from where they were but it's a hell of a story it's fun. i love two games together for the next one because i think they're yeah. similar bucks and packers commanders and rams games with sneaky big nfc playoff implications what's the most in- intriguing team or storyline to these two games so, so i'm su- like i'm surprised that you think that the packers are as good as the rams i think the rams offensive ceiling is higher i think the packers are still very young and inconsistent and when the rams are healthy uh, that's a pretty well-oiled machine offensively that has been there and absolutely believes that they can go anywhere in the playoffs and win, especially if they get to go, you know, into a dome. Like I'm really rooting for Rams Lions to be a six-three game. I think that would be fantastic to see Stafford back in Detroit in a wild card game. So I think the Rams, uh, because of their offensive ceiling and their pedigree, are clearly the most intriguing team for this year. Though, obviously, if Jordan Love were to make the playoffs, that has probably longer-term NFL ramifications. But for this year, I think it's the Rams. I'm going to take it in a different direction. I'm going to say the Bucks with Baker because two years ago, he went to Green Bay on Christmas through four interceptions with the Browns, and that really ended his career with the Browns. That ended that dream, and that's what set up the Deshaun Watson to the Browns thing. And so he's gone to Green Bay the last two years and lost. It's like a haunted house kind of thing for him, Lambeau Field. I think they go there and win. So I think he exercises the demons. I think that it puts them in position to make the playoffs. 
and uh, White, the running back for for Tampa Bay. No one talks about this guy. He is fourth in the NFL in yards from scrimmage by running backs. He's been a stud for them. And I think they're going to beat Green Bay here and set themselves up to win the division. Texans, Titans, Falcons, Panthers, rookie quarterback games. If Stroud is the best in the class, who's number two? Well, we know how they performed this season, but I'm thinking long-term. If you had to pick a quarterback, Will Levis or Bryce Young for the next five years, who would you go with? I'd go with Bryce Young. Really? Yeah. Levis Why? Is you didn't like him out of college. What 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 have you seen that makes you like him more than a guy? He has who- even less around him than I thought he had, and he is hanging in there. Like, he, he doesn't seem to be panicking. He doesn't seem to be dropping his eyes. He doesn't seem to be, like, hearing ghosts. He see, he's getting his ass kicked. He's losing. But he is hanging in there and showing poise, pocket awareness, that sort of thing. So, now, not a lot of accuracy. Like that, that overthrow on Mingo on the deep ball last week was bad. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's been good. It, it has objectively not been. Levis has had has flashed more early, but I, he has so little around him, and isn't turtling that that part of it's impressive. Though to be honest with you, I might take Anthony Richardson, but he's not on the board for this question. Prisoner of the moment, I would say Levis. What he did at coming back to beat Miami on the road. Yeah, uh, he's three and four as a starter. He's got a four touchdown game. He's got a three. Uh, he's got a three hundred yard game. Two quick things I just want to say about these games very fast. Number one, I am actually interested in seeing what Davis Mills looks like in the Houston offense with that coordinator Bobby Slowick. Even though their wide receivers are out, that system because he was in what Lovey Smith's system before that. I mean, that's just not yeah. quarterback friendly. And then the last thing I'll say is this is complete BS in my opinion. I cannot believe that Tennessee is wearing the Houston Oilers uniforms in this game. Oh, it's the terrible. Like the NFL needs to step in and say like, that's, that's completely unacceptable and not cool to do that. They're wearing that them be, in this game, right? Yes. Yeah. Completely ridiculous. It's taunting. It's, it's a middle finger a- to, it's a, it's a middle finger to an NFL fan base that they're playing. So I, I have, I have a, if I was down there, I'd have a huge problem with that. They should, yeah, they should get a 15-yard penalty for taunting and unsportsmanlike conduct every time they step on the field. Spencer Ray is our producer. Subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star review. Seriously, it really does help us out with our bosses. And tell a friend about the podcast. First and pod. Peace.